0: Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God from Matthew chapter 6. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Also, this is God's word. We got to give it to the Roman Catholics. They do Lent better than we do. Now, maybe that's a little tricky to say because there's a whole lot of guilt and obligation that can get wrapped up into those disciplines of Lent, but give them credit They take this season seriously, and I learned at an early age to have a little bit of resentment to all those fish sandwiches I got served in the cafeteria growing up, and I don't like fish sandwiches, but they do in part get this season. My Catholic friends as a child understood this was a special season, my Baptist friends laughed at the word Lent. Like, what in the word is Lent? You mean like pocket lint that you get after your clothes come out of the washer? You see, throughout history, the season of Lent had special meaning. Let's give the Roman Catholics their due for holding on to that. In fact, there were disciplines that went with the season of Lent that every Christian was expected to. To practice. Not because you don't go to heaven if you don't do them, but because it's what Christians do. And those disciplines are found right there in Matthew chapter 6. The ancient disciplines of Lent are prayer, fasting, and what we call almsgiving, giving to the poor. And there was a certain logic to them. You would pray, and that prayer was to ask the Lord to give you strength to fast, to withdraw from eating for a period of time, and then the money that you saved by not buying food, you would then turn around and give to the poor. So one discipline built off the other. But here's the interesting thing about these disciplines of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. Does doing these things in Lent seem kind of foreign to you? Because they shouldn't. Jesus actually assumes you're doing them. I often point out that there are little words in the Bible that mean a whole lot. And you can learn something from them. And that word in our English Bible in Matthew chapter 6 is the word... When Jesus doesn't say if you give to the needy or if you pray or if you fast. He says when you give, when you pray, when you fast. Jesus and St. Matthew along with him assume that you're doing these things. When Jesus preached at the Sermon on the Mount in which this text is coming from, he assumed that his hearers were already doing these things. There's a great book that came out a number of 20-some years ago by an evangelical named Richard Foster called The Celebration of Discipline. And he wrote, the Bible called people to such disciplines as fasting, prayer, prayer, Worship and celebration, but gave almost no instruction about how to do them. The reason for this is easy to see. Those disciplines were so frequently practiced and such a part of the general culture that the how to was common knowledge. So we ought to acquaint ourselves, dear Christians, with disciplines of prayer, of giving to the poor. And of fasting. Why? Well, it's good for our neighbor, isn't it? To give to the poor and help to the one in need. But it's also good for us. Discipline is good. Training is good. St. Paul uses the example of a race to describe what our life as a Christian is like in Philippians chapter 3. In other places, he talks about us being like a fighter, a boxer, who's training for the struggle that's about to come upon us. Christians ought to train. They ought to discipline themselves. And that's what the season Lent serves to do for us, what it serves to remind us of, that it is good to discipline yourself. Not because by fasting or saying special prayers or by coming to midweek Lenten services or by putting ashes on our foreheads that we somehow get some special grace or that we somehow get a special entrance into heaven that we would not have otherwise. It's good to discipline yourself because there are obstacles to being a Christian in the world in which we live. Why ashes on Ash Wednesday? Well, you heard the words as they were placed on your head. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The ashes are a reminder of our mortality. And the disciplines of Lent, of prayer and almsgiving and fasting, they are likewise a reminder of our mortality, that there are greater riches. Beyond what we can store up for ourselves here on earth. The ashes on our foreheads are a visible reminder to anyone who were to see us and to us as we look at each other tonight of a sad reality. We are dust. And that we do it on everyone, from the oldest of us here to the youngest. I don't know who the oldest is here tonight or who the youngest is. We could probably figure that out if I stopped and thought about it for a moment. But, regardless, every one of us is marked the same. Every one of us is marked as one who is dying. As one who will return to the dust from which mankind was made, Adam, made of the dust of the ground by his maker. Does this mean all is lost? Does this mean all is hopeless? Of course not. Though we are dust, though we return to the dust, though death is the equalizer that equalizes all of us here in this room, there are treasures in heaven that await all of us. Because the one who took on humanity to take on death in our place is the one who came from heaven. And let's spoil the end of this story, the end of this Lenten journey. Lent is a time of preparation, of course, that ends with Easter. And spoiler alert, this is how the story ends. Jesus is risen from the dead. We'll refrain from using the A word... It's not a swear word, it's the one we stopped singing on Sunday, right? Okay, allelujahs. We refrain from them for a brief time, so that their sound would be all the more poignant when we do sing them six weeks from now. In this time, we are mindful that we are indeed dust, that we shall return to the dust. But that Jesus Christ took on the dust of humanity and acquired for us all the treasures and riches of heaven. It is worthwhile for us to discipline ourselves, to train ourselves. That we would not be so hung up on the things of this world. On the treasures of this world. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, Jesus says, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, every one of these disciplines, prayer, prayer, Fasting, giving to the needy, is a very physical thing that we do. But ultimately, we're concerned about the heart. Rend your hearts and not your garments, says the prophet Joel. Return to the Lord your God, who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. King David in Psalm 51 from our intro, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Because you see, it's ultimately not about how often you pray, what prayers you say, whether you stand or whether you kneel. It's not about how much you give and to how many different people you give. It's not about how much you eat or when you fast or how often you fast. It's about the heart. It's about Jesus accomplishing in you what he came to do. Make you new and give you treasures in heaven. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. St. Paul reminds us in Colossians chapter 3 that we should seek the things that are above cross upon your head this evening is a visible reminder to you and to me of what awaits all the things of this earth, present bodies included. But God made man out of the dust of the earth once. And he will make us anew of the dust of our grave on the last day he has stored up for you and for me treasure in heaven on which he would have us learn to focus our hearts and our minds not just during this Lenten season but during every season of life. Where your heart treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our treasure is a kingdom that awaits us for all eternity. And tonight our hearts ascend to that kingdom already where we are made new by our Lord Jesus Christ and the death that we are reminded of on our foreheads we know already has been overcome. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.